And now, the Street Photography Magazine podcast with your host, Bob Patterson. With us today is a guy I've been trying to talk to for quite a while, actually a couple of years. It's uh, Tim Wynn. Tim is a uh, content creator, producer, uh, video content creator. He's also the creator of the latest street photography film, Fill the Frame. And so, Tim, welcome. Thanks for being with us today. Hey, Bob. Good morning in Hawaii. It's 5 a.m. 5 a.m. Here on the show. Yeah. Aloha. Yeah. Aloha. Yeah. And mahalo for uh, <laughs> for being with us. Yeah. yeah. Finally. Yeah. We reconnect. Yeah, finally. So, Tim, yeah, we have a short time. Tim's finally waking up, so that's good. Yep. Before we get into things, I just wonder if you could just tell us a little about yourself. And, you know, Tim, by the way, is also an avid street photographer, uh, yeah. not just a, not just a content creator. But yeah. just, yeah, tell us how you got into just, street photography, how you got into the whole yeah. um, visual communication field. Yeah. I just, just tell love us about um, yourself producing stuff with my camera. So um, I got into street photography in 2010, kind of by accident or, you know, I was interning in Chicago. My um, wife was, uh, or my girlfriend at the time, but now my wife, she was uh, going to school in uh, Chicago. So I went up there with her, her senior year, and I didn't really have any plans. I just went up there and said, hey, I'm gonna get an internship or maybe a part-time job for these next four months. And then I got an internship at a small production company up there. And uh, the fellow intern that was sitting right next to me introduced me to Vivian Meyer. He kind of gave the whole backstory about how his friend, uh, director John Maloof, found the archives Mm -hmm. uh, or bought her archives from the auction. And so this was before it really hit big. And he was just showing me the website. And I was just... uh, blown away by the images, you know, just black and white photos of New York and Chicago. And it's different when you see one or two images in a magazine or in a blog post, but when you uh, see just full body of work, you know, on, on a website or book, at, the, at, on, at that time it was a website, it was a blog post. And I was just, man, how did this go unseen? How was this just buried in closet, right? Like, so that just gave me more interest in who the person was, Vivian Meyer, who the uh, artist was. And so I thought to myself, you know, I'm in Chicago. Uh, I can do similar work. Like I'm right here where she made a lot of her work. And so uh, as naive I was, I went out and with my Canon 50D, big bulky camera. It's like carrying a brick around, you know, the city. And uh, I noticed, man, this I came back and my photos were about nine out of 10 were all blurry <laughs> and all of them were uninteresting <laughs> anyways, you know, and, and some, for some weird reason, maybe it's just me, but I've heard from other friends, you know, when they started street, shooting street photography, for some reason you, you think street photography is of homeless people. So I got a lot of like, when mm-hmm. I first started, I just got a lot of like homeless people in Michigan Ave in Chicago and just uninteresting stuff. So that made me appreciate the artwork even more. And so at that time, too, street photography, there wasn't really much um, on the Internet or, you know, 2010. You don't you don't really search for those kind of things. You know, you just 
search for things that, hey, I need a quick fix for my toilet, I'll look that up. But <laughs> we really, at that time, even though the internet and YouTube was there, we, uh, or at least for me, I didn't use it as a tool as how we all use it today. Mm -hmm. We rely on Google for everything, right? And that's crazy to think about it, to reflect back. That's literally just 10 years ago. But anyway, so um, I came back to Hawaii shooting street and still, you know, it's kind of same results, but I was still enjoying it. You know, just nothing really interesting, but I still having fun going out with my camera. Um, just it's very that everybody make, mentioned that it's very Zen like to just go out and walk around mm -hmm. with camera, take pictures. I've always liked to walk anyways. I walked everywhere, walked to school and everything, you know, growing up, we only had one car. So uh walking was uh was never a problem for me so just now it's just i have my camera and then i kind of took a hiatus because i was like after around 2014 to 2015 i took a hiatus just because i didn't know just questioning myself what am i doing with all these uh, uh photos and spending time taking pictures and um my my first son was born too so you know, you're always trying to balance that, uh, the amount of time, what you spend on, you know? Um, and so I kind of got back into street photography, uh, due to, uh, street photo SF, the San Francisco street photography festival out there mm -hmm. in 2016. I don't know if I saw a Facebook ad or something. Um, but I saw that festival. I didn't even know about Miami street photography festival. Or any of that so i just i probably saw an ad on street photo sf and uh, saw that they were doing workshops so i took a jack simon workshop and i met paul kessel there very briefly oh. we weren't like good friends we just mm -hmm. it was just a quick intro kind of thing and other street photographers and that really showed me what uh other street photographers are shooting what kind of the landscape was because i wasn't really i wasn't on i'm kind of late to all these social media apps like instagram I was late to that game and, and Facebook groups and things like that. So when I was part of that class and just seeing it on a projector and talking to other uh, enthusiasts, street photography enthusiasts, um, it kind of reignite that, that passion, I guess. Yeah, that'll do it. So where are you in Hawaii? You on Oahu? Yep, in uh, Honolulu. And it's, uh, it's crazy right now, you know, the... <laughs> Ever since spring break, I, it seems like the spring break crowd hasn't left. <laughs> um, it's it's really busy. It's um, it's almost uh, it seems like it's almost back to normal. Traffic is crazy. A lot of the tourists, and you know, it's 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 one of those things where uh, it's a double-edged sword because Honolulu solely relies on tourism, right? Which is just small island, and then Honolulu supports pretty much the whole state, so. Um, but it's good because, um, in, in a way, for me, I, I need to shoot with people. I need that mm -hmm. foot traffic. So um, during COVID, I had a difficult time because there was literally nobody out on the streets. And I'm the type of person uh, before I would kind of walk and shoot. And when COVID happened, I had to just adjust my style and just plant at a crosswalk or anywhere that has decent foot traffic and just just stay there and shoot so um i kind of find found a little bit uh success and i'm getting a little bit older now so 
I don't have all that energy to just walk miles and miles and literally <laughs> to take pictures. Um, so in a way, uh, COVID kind of helped really um, up my game in street photography in a way. So are people not wearing masks anymore over there? Yeah, we just lift the, uh, the governor just lifted the uh, mask mandate last week. Uh, I believe Tuesday, so I went out on Wednesday and noticed, yeah, maybe 80% or so weren't wearing masks. Prior to that, maybe 40% weren't wearing masks. So Yeah, yeah. it's nice to be able to see people's faces again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, we were just in South Carolina for two weeks. And, of course, in South Carolina, they barely acknowledged there was a, uh, a <laughs> pandemic to begin with. but. I mean, nobody was wearing masks, and uh, I didn't get on out on the street a lot. But it was it was nice. It was nice yeah. to be able to. It's, it's a different crowd too. Um, before yeah. the pandemic, it was a lot of international Japanese mm -hmm. that would come here. Um, a lot of uh, older mainland folks. You know, they're on their um, retirement vacation kind of thing. So now yeah. it's the younger um, college spring break crowd. Um, some. People, I'm sure they're here working remotely. So it's really the dynamic shifted. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So what do you typically shoot? Um, I usually shoot in Waikiki. Yeah. So Waikiki is like our version of, I guess, Manhattan or Times Square. You so you're just walking up, down, up and down yeah. the street or you yeah, cut over to the, the beach? The sidewalk. Or, oh, yeah. um, sometimes I'll hop over to the beach. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I, I like you shooting on the beach because it's really, it's really uh, stagnant. You know, mm -hmm. you can kind of just eyeball and before you even uh, lay, lay any feet on the sand, you can kind of eyeball what people are doing and see uh, what kind of people are um, sunbathing and things like that before you even step foot. Um, and it's just it's just a little bit more mellow on the beach. I like shooting on the beach because it's just stagnant. It's more mellow. It's more predictable. Mm -hmm. Whereas the sidewalk is really fast. Like when I was shooting, and uh, I, I didn't really shoot when I was filming Field of Frame in 2018. But uh, when I was in Manhattan or uh, any busy intersection, it was I couldn't keep up. I was like, oh man, this is so fast for me. I can't <laughs> I can't see anything, you know. <laughs> and even here, it's just the sidewalks uh, sometimes. Just because people are going from point A to point B, right? Even though they're in that vacation mindset, sometimes it's just hard to catch catch things happening. So that's when I kind of reset and hop over to the water or the sand, and then uh, get my groove a little bit. You know, sometimes you just gotta click that shutter button several times just to get in some kind of uh, uh -huh. yeah, groove. you do. And then I hop back out onto the sidewalk. So um, yeah, I'm very fortunate to have those options. I find New York to be overwhelming because yeah. there's just so much to shoot yeah. there. It's like, where do I go? Yeah. You know, do I stay I here? Like, do I go over there? There's got to be yeah. something great there. Yeah. I yeah, think fear. I would have to shoot. I would probably have, I'd probably get comfortable there if I was to shoot seriously, maybe by the fourth day, fourth or third day, I'd probably, okay, I'm kind of adjusted to the speed, but yeah, it's, it's so fast, so much people, you know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I just I moved to a small town three years ago from living in a major city, and it's I have a hard time getting used to it because there's 
sometimes there's nothing going on. There's nobody out. Yeah. Uh, luckily, this weekend, I'm going up to Washington, D.C. Oh, nice. So I'll be shooting up there. So um, let's talk a little bit about Fill the Frame. I mean, you you know, that's the, the latest street photography movie out. You, you know, you spent a lot of time and, and money and effort creating it. I mean, how, how did you, how did, you know, what prompted you to, to create this film? Mm-hmm. And if you can tell us a little the, of your experience in making it happen. So I went to film school in Hawaii and uh, I've always wanted to do a documentary, feature documentary. So I did, I've done some short documentaries, post-graduation, things like that. Um, but documentary has always seemed like the, this mountain to climb, right? Mm-hmm. Like for me, it's like, oh, you're not a filmmaker until you make a feature film. You know, that's, <laughs> the, that's kind of the standard I, I put in my mind. Um, and it's not that a uh, short film is any easier. Short film is, is just as hard, you know. Uh, so with documentary, so narrative, I never was really interested in the fiction narrative. You know, a lot of my classmates, that's what they went into. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always liked the real stories and, and trying to find truth in, in the stories and trying to bring something factual to the table so uh, i told myself you know what uh you know this documentary thing um i gotta be close first off you have to be you have to have an initial contact with somebody right so a lot of people start off Mm -hmm. making their first documentary on their mother or something yeah somebody that they have actual connection contact with their mother is an alcoholic and whatever right they have (laughs) they have some kind of immediate connection um so i was i just gave a presentation to um uh what's it uh shoots what school was that (laughs) um but i gave a presentation to uh uh, college students a couple weeks ago and that's what they asked like how do you how do you get a documentary subject like that seems so challenging so i kind of gave that example and um for me, I, my two passions are two things that I, pr- I know pretty well is wrestling, pro wrestling, mm-hmm. and street photography. So I said, well, you know what? There's not much street photography films um, out there. So Cal Poly State University. Sorry, guys. It's still <laughs> early for me. It's 520. And my brain's <laughs> not awake. But yeah, I gave the presentation at Cal Poly State oh. as I bring it up here on my uh, email, but anyways, um, so yeah, there's just two things that I'm, I re- I know pretty well that I'm passionate. And I don't like to use that overuse that word, but passionate in the sense that um, you'll go the extra mile to make it happen, right? Yeah, you, you're vested in the topic, you love the topic, things like that. So, um, the initial idea was to highlight a street photographer in each country or major city. Mm-hmm. Top ten cities or whatever you know, or countries—Brazil, Japan, Tokyo, uh, New York—and that wasn't. I had to come to terms with myself that that wasn't realistic, just because everything was going to be out of pocket up front. Yeah. So I had to just narrow down the cities, and then at the end, you know, New York is just—that's just where the action is. 
still so today. many people in one yeah, little so place. Many options, yeah. So many people. And then there's that historical component to it. Right. Um, and I, I was researching street photography film. There's not much out there. There's everybody street. And then there's a lot of uh, biographies. Mm-hmm. So I knew, okay, it's not saturated. It's not yeah. overdone, you know? So there's still, a, there's still stories to tell. The genre, there's new people entering the genre every day. And even among the average person, they still don't take street photography serious, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, narrowed it down to New York. And then that's when I made my initial, uh, I contacted a bunch of street photographers, just people that I was already following on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would contact them based on their body of work, just because I like their photographs. So I send them a Q&A just to know about their backstory. Because everybody has a nice Instagram feed nowadays, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I needed, they needed something else. They needed a good, interesting story to tell. Because I wasn't just going to highlight why they shoot and what they shoot and all that. That's, I didn't want it to be a YouTube format. So um, that went out. Some stories were not as interesting or wasn't very articulate. And then some didn't respond. And, you know, I came away with the photographers, the cast and the film um, couldn't be happier. I think each story, yeah. you know, it, even if you're not a street photographer fan, if you just watch um, the film, there has to be at least one person, one person's story that will resonate with you. So I had I try to make sure it, it was all different, their body of work and their backstory. And yeah, so, you did. You had a good selection of people, and that's yeah. kind of how it uh, came about. And then the Kickstarter thing um, that I try to avoid that as much as possible. You know, so <laughs> every like I mentioned, everything was just coming out of pocket. And I filmed. Um, I was in New York for two weeks to film just basically the ch- the main chunk of it, the interviews yeah. and some b-roll but i really the hope was to have it where it is now but at that time i really didn't know i was just like oh i'm just gonna film this and see what happens with it so i was rolling the dice a lot you know because there's one thing where your expectations are Mm -hmm. and then what really can what's realistic (laughs) so i was just kind of chucking away um at the tree little by little and what my wallet allowed. And then it came to a point where I was like, oh, man, I got I to gotta interview this guy and I got to get more of this and uh, I need this and that. And so I finally gave into the Kickstarter because initially I didn't want to open it to that just because of uh, filming and uh, just it's going to be out to the public, right? The amount. It's always going to be there. It's on the Internet forever. So but I kind of got over that hump because my main goal was just to make the film so do whatever it takes to make the film so that's when the kickstarter launched and had a successful um kickstarter it had a successful um, campaign because i was able to cut a, a decent trailer to mm-hmm. to show the um potential backers and it kind of just went from there cool you know the film was very professionally done i mean it looked really good and I just wondered, did you shoot all this yourself? You know, did you have anybody assisting you, an audio person, anything like that? Or were you, it was just you? No, no, no. It wasn't all me. It was, uh, 
when we're when I was up there for two weeks, uh, I hired a DP, Jessica Gallegos, and I had a, a intern mm-hmm. doing uh, behind the scene photos. Um, but really, it was a skeleton crew. It was me and her. And, and, that, and what was your title? She was the director of photographer. Oh. So she's camera. She's doing she's oh, okay. uh, interview angles, lighting. And uh, she hauled uh, all her equipment up there because she, she, uh, she had a friend that, lives in, that lived in New York. So she wasn't even from New York. Oh, okay. But then she had, she had that uh, two-week two opening. And so she, me and her made it work. And then uh, she helped me shoot the, basically the base of the project. Mm-hmm. Then when I came back, I started editing, sifting through the, the files. Um, I realized, man, I need a lot more B-roll. I need a lot more of this. And we got to interview so-and-so. So um, we hired uh, a few other people. And majority that, uh, the majority shot was by um, Aiden, Aiden Byron. So he lives um, in New York. So it was always, it wasn't like it was all shot in the two weeks. Okay. Really, it kept going. It kept getting shot uh, months later. and you know, me realizing, oh, I need a little bit of this or that. And, and some of it is stock footage, like the aerial, aerial shots mm-hmm. um, were per- stock purchase. So, um, yeah, there was, a, there was a handful of people involved. So where'd you get the name Fill the Frame? Oh, Fill the Frame. So a little bit backstory, again, just shooting the basis of the film and having no idea what the title would be. And struggling with that idea, ah, what was the title going to be? Yeah, you know. And I've always tried to find the title within the interview when I do mm-hmm. these type of uh, content, um, and just to tie it in, and make sense. So, um, Lauren's piece, I was editing kind of towards the back end, so I was editing all all their vignettes one by one. Mm-hmm. And so I was hoping to find it in so-and-so or Paul's or whoever. And then uh, I was like, oh, nothing really sticks out. What is it going to be? <laughs> and one of, having the title of a film is kind of weird. It's like you don't really move on until you have the title. Uh-huh. Like for me, when I'm editing something, I need music. I need to have music first before I start playing things in. Mm-hmm. Everybody edits differently. But for me, the music kind of helps me set the pace and tempo. So. The title, I was like, ah, what is it? So then I, when I'm editing Lawrence and she gives that quote, I was like, it just light bulb hits, right? Yeah. Lauren like, meaning Lauren Wells, right? Lauren Wells, yeah. Lauren so Wells, yeah. She saved the project. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, that's the title. That, that's the title right there. And so I asked my wife, I was like, what do you think of this title? Which, what Lauren Wells says. She's like, that's perfect. That's like, that's gold right there. Yeah, and so, I'd interviewed um, her. For yeah. the magazine early, very, mm-hmm. you know, maybe in the first couple of years. Oh, we were, in the early years. We were publishing. And, and she told me that phrase, fill the frame, tell the story. And that always stuck with me. <laughs> and then a couple of years ago, when I hear from you and when you're doing the Kickstarter, you said the name. I thought, oh, that's great. I'm, I'm yeah. glad you're, you're using her term. Yeah. And uh, I use in the trailer as the main opening of the trailer. And it's just, uh, it's just a good yeah. hook, you know. It's just a good yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, so perfect. Thank you, Lauren. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, before we go, you got to tell everybody where they can 
see the film. Yeah. But, so you can uh, see the film. Um, you can visit filltheframefilm.com and then click on the main um, embed uh, video on the homepage and it'll redirect you to the Vimeo link. And you can mm-hmm. rent the video or you can buy it. It's probably better you just buy it. That way you can watch it two years from now, three years from now. And it's one of those things where uh, it just re-inspire you to just get back on the street or yeah. get into street photography. Um, and it's, it's better than buying a new camera. Buying a new Leica is not going to inspire you or make you <laughs> take any, take, not going to make you take better photos. Uh, no. A book will help you. But this film highlighting uh, eight different photographers and what really makes the film, uh, in my opinion, is the historical component that really mm. gives you the basis of yeah. how street photography really exploded, kind of how it dipped away and then how it came back. So um, if you're fairly new to street um, or even uh, you're an average street photographer and know a little bit of the, the historical components, this will give you that um, visual element to it. And like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, there's eight photographers and I'm pretty sure at least one is you're going to connect with at least one. Yeah. That's true. That's true. I was glad I, I know several of these people. So I was really happy to see them in a film. And uh, I did get to learn more about some people whose work I've seen, like Paul Kessel. I've seen his work, mm-hmm. never really knew him. And because of seeing him in your film, I've gotten to know him personally. And uh, so it was cool. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Super talented guy. So what are you working on now? So right now I'm working on a new YouTube series called Beyond the Frame. And I basically say it's like a PowerPoint on steroids. So it's these photographers. Uh, We have Chris Suspect who. uh, Oh, good. Who's uh, from DC? Where you're going? Right? Yeah, I think I hope uh, to see him on Sunday when I go up yeah, there. Yep, and uh, he has uh, awesome documentation or series on his punk rock, um, mm-hmm. underground punk rock, and the recent um, uh, Trump riots in DC. <laughs> yeah, he shot uh, those. Just amazing oh, man. stuff. Uh, and uh, we have Forrest Walker who covers his hundred uh, hundred cities around the world initiative. And we have a, a, a few more for this first series. So it's really uh, just the photographers talking about their work, a little bit how they started. And it's not a Q&A thing. It's not a podcast format. It's really PowerPoint. Like they're presenting to you their work, their style, um, why they shoot. And I kind of just add the, the sprinkles on the donut, per se, mm-hmm. by making it cinematic, adding the sound effects to make you feel like you're there in the riot, make you feel like you're there in Brazil for, with forest or something. Um, and I add the B-roll and I just make it cinematic. Uh, so that's why I say it's like a ster- uh, PowerPoint on steroids, but it's beyond the frame. Um, it's every, I'm just working on the first series right now and it's going to launch um, uh, probably about the end of um, beginning of July. Perfect. So, yeah, and so it's it's going to be released as a series format, so it's not going to be released one one at a time. Um, well, we are scheduled this this interview is scheduled for July the second, so so it should gonna, be up by then. <laughs> should be up, okay. Yeah, that's perfect. I I can't wait to see it. Yeah, 
And so people can binge watch on that. It's, it's, the, it's about seven to 15 minutes per photographer. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also have Stephen Mark, who just released his book, um, True Colors. Basically, he documented um, the past 12 years um, presidential election. Um, so you can look up his book, Stephen Mark, True Colors. And you know, he's one of the, the presenters as well. So it's just individual episodes. And it's going to be released in a series format, Netflix style. And that'll be on YouTube, right? Be on YouTube, yeah. It'll be on YouTube.com. We're on the street photo. And uh, I'll send you the link, Bob, and then you can paste it in there. Yeah, please do. And when it's ready, when it's ready to go, let us know. And, uh, you know, if it's before this, this episode plays, then... Uh, you know, we'll get the word out ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that. I just, I just love it when people talk about their work and they and they show it. Because yeah. you know, seeing it is one thing, but hearing what went into it mm-hmm. and what they're thinking about when when they're making the photo and, and what they do after the fact, you know, how they make their selections, all that stuff. Yeah. And everybody's different. Yeah. And these are all people that I admire. I admire their work. So I'm curious myself to know how do they, how does Chris shoot so close in, <laughs> in the bars and does he ever get into fights and, you know, things like that. So it's kind of like for my own consumption, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that guy's got, he's got brass cojones. I got to say that. I may take that out, but <laughs> he's got guts. <laughs> So yeah, that that's good. So yeah, make yeah make sure we have a link. We'll get the word out to everybody, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it. So then you got your own personal work too. You do street photography, and uh, so right now, why don't you tell us where people can find out about you and any other links that are important? Um, right now, the best place to find my work is uh, Instagram uh, at th underscore underscore street there's two underscore by mistake but that's what the name is th underscore underscore street and then <laughs> my youtube channel i'm always trying to post things on there um, just me uh photographing around honolulu um and with a little comedy twist to it so you should check that out it's youtube.com word on the street photo and again, it's early here, so I'm going to even check myself right now if that's even correct. Okay. <laughs> yep, word on the sheet photo. Is it all one, yeah, all one, one. word, no spaces, yeah. no hyphens, nothing? Yeah. Okay, word on the street photo. Um, okay. slash word on the street photo, so you can check that out if you just want to look at uh, what's going on in Honolulu, the streets, and if you want to get a different side of me, usually a comedic effect. Um, cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, great. Well, thanks, Tim. Oh, thanks, Appreciate Bob, for having me. Appreciate taking the time. Yeah, getting up early. <laughs> you know, he didn't just get up early. He got up and went to work early. <laughs> so he can record yeah. this in a quiet place. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Well, thanks, Bob. Appreciate it. 